Welcome to Lambs to Lions. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. And then uh, we'll go through it and then I'll give you a little more context into uh, Matthew 8. But I want to discuss uh, the power of words with you. The power of words and most importantly the power of God's word. Okay, so I, I don't want any one of us to discount our destiny or get distracted by the wrong words. Instead, I want to um, I want us to drive out whatever is lying or limiting our God given authority. Okay, words have been getting in the way of the way. So Matthew shows uh, three things just to give you context of the book of Matthew. It was one that Jesus is the Messiah. From the family of David. Okay, so in your notes there, you get a little bit of a, a Bible study this morning. Um, but the first is that Jesus is the Messiah. Number two, he is the new authority teacher like Moses. Okay, he came up out of Egypt. He passed through the waters of baptism. He enters into the wilderness for 40 days. And then he goes onto the mountain to deliver this, his new teaching, right? Jesus is the promise that is greater than what Moses could deliver. Ooh, that's good. Jesus is the promise that is greater than what Moses or man could deliver. He'll deliver Israel from slavery. He'll give a new divine teaching. He will save us from our sins, and he will bring a new covenant relationship with God and with us. Isn't that cool? You see the context? Okay. Third, Jesus is God with us. Matthew wants us to get this, that Jesus is God with us in Hebrew, Emmanuel, right? God with us. The book has uh, an introduction and a conclusion like most of them do, but it has five clear sections within the framework. I'm not going to go through all of them, but I'll go through the ones leading up to the section that we're talking about. Chapters 1 to 3 is the introduction, and Matthew connects Jesus to the Old Testament. And I love this, because he goes through the genealogy of Jesus to the Old Testament, his genealogy with David, and the son of Abraham, and how Jesus will bless all nations. Okay, and that includes us. And how the Old Testament promises are fulfilled through Jesus. Okay, Matthew sets up the book and shows that Jesus as a teacher parallels the five books of Moses. So cool. So some of this is a refresher for you guys. Some of this is probably hearing it for the first time. Chapters 4 and 7 announces God's kingdom. Okay, His rescue story through Jesus' glory. God's kingdom, okay? To confront evil, demon-possessed oppression, disease, and death, and to restore God's rule and reign over the world by creating disciples that will follow his teaching and live under his rule. So Jesus heals, he performs miracles, he delivers the Sermon on the Mount, right? what it will look like to follow him, to live in God's kingdom. And you know what? This kingdom that he describes is an upside-down kingdom compared to the world in which we live in. There's no privileged members. Everyone is invited, the poor, the rich, the righteous, the ones that would seem like they're nobodies. Everyone is invited. Everyone is called to repent 
follow Jesus and join his family. Good stuff, right? So he is here. Jesus is ultimately here to transform hearts. Like we just read last week, he didn't come to condemn the world. He came to save the world, right? And chapters 8 to 10 is all about bringing his kingdom into reality in our day-to-day lives. His kingdom, chapters 8 to 10, in our day-to-day lives. Matthew lists nine stories about Jesus bringing his kingdom into the lives of the hurting and into the lives of the broken people. How many could agree that's us? Mm -hmm. Matthew points out to say one can experience Jesus' grace and power by following Jesus and becoming his disciples. It's actually the only way. You can experience Jesus' grace and power by becoming his disciples and following his way, not your way. Okay? After all this in chapter 10, Jesus sends out his 12 disciples to do what Jesus does. And today we're going to focus on chapter 8, and I want to put emphasis again on the power of word. Okay, The power of word, and most importantly, God's word and the way that Jesus spoke. How many of us know it's not just what we say, but it's how we say it? You with me? Oh, I had this real cute, um, I don't have the video to play for you guys, but you can look it up later. There's these Irish men in an elevator. I don't know if you've seen it. And, they're tr- and it's voice activated. You ever seen that one going around on YouTube? And they get in there and they're all excited like, oh, it's a new, I can't do my Irish accent good. Oh, it's a new, uh, it's, an, it, it's a new voice activated elevator. No, I don't know how to do an Irish accent. Anyway, but they're trying to say they want to go to level 11. 11, 11, 11. And they're in there for like five minutes yelling at this thing. They're like, you got to say it like an American. 11, <laughs> 11, and they can't get the thing to go. They're saying the word, but they're saying it the wrong way, and it's hilarious. You know, they're up on top of each other's shoulders. They're trying to break the thing through, and then their friends open up the elevator, and yeah, everyone has a good laugh, but you know what? You can be saying the right thing, but the wrong way. Can you not? You can be saying the right thing, but doing it the wrong way. And that's why we have God's word and we have not just his word, but the way that Jesus delivered his word. You with me? Okay. Well, let's talk about verse three. It says, Jesus reached out his hand and he touched the man. That's a way. I am willing, he said. That's what the man said. I am willing. And then Jesus says, be clean, be clean. And immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy so number one is we need to call it clean call it clean Jesus reached out and he touches the man a lot of times we will speak over things we will even call them clean but without taking any risk right we'll have prayer groups let's just all get together and pray about it who that's important I'm not putting down prayer But faith without works is dead. How about we do something about it, right? Fear, there's the fear out there. Sometimes it's the fear of getting sick. It's the fear of getting hurt. It's the fear of being affected by other people's wrongdoings that keeps us from reaching out and actually touching others. If we are to be like Jesus, we can't be afraid to go to places that no one else will go. Otherwise, we won't experience things that no one else will experience. You with me? 
Awesome. So I want to focus on the way and the word. The way and the word. You can't have one without the other. We don't get to pick. Jesus, after touching the man, said, be clean. What is dirty or unclean in your life where you need Jesus to not just speak it, but also touch it? Where you need his word over it, and you need to call it clean. You know what I'm talking about. I don't need to call it out. You know what that thing is. And if you know what it is, I think the first step you need to do is write it down. And you need to call it clean and allow God to touch that thing that you're maybe so embarrassed about. You know, again, for lepers, if you study uh, biblical history, they had to stay uh, within six feet away from everybody. They had to cover their faces. Nobody could touch them because they believed that if they touched them, that those people would become unclean. Are you with me, men? Okay, we need to go out. We can't just, you know, Jesus never said to his disciples, well, hey guys, it's time you play it safe. No, Jesus never challenged his disciples to play it safe, did he? One thing about following Jesus and his presence was not designed to just fix their problems. It was to fix their perspective. Upside down kingdom. Being a great leader is serving everybody else. Being the greatest servant of all. You want to go up, you got to get low. Right? I love the Jesus style. Number two, on verse nine, it says, For I myself am a man under authority. This was a centurion, right? For I myself am a man under authority. Do you know what authority you're under? I hope so. Do you know the authority that God has placed over you? Other godly men? Because anyway, I tell you, I tell this one, he says with this, with, with, with the soldiers under me, I tell this one, go, and he goes. That one come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. Here's number two, man. You need to command authority. Command authority. It's one thing to call it out. It's another thing to take command over it. You can call it out all day long, but you got to take command over it. I don't know how, how many men that I meet that they know they need to change. They know the thing, and they're, they're, they'll bring, they'll call it out, but they won't take command over it. I had a neighbor the other day. God bless him. I love him, and I want to see him come to know Jesus so bad. And he's helping me on his car, on my car yesterday with the brakes. And I love this guy. You got to understand. I would, I would give my life for this guy to come to know the Lord. He's going to come to know the Lord. And he calls me Rev, right? And other neighbors are around. And he's like, Yeah, I'm just helping Rev out with his brakes, you know. And then maybe he'll put a good word in for me with the man upstairs. And and he's like, Hey, Rev, can you guarantee me, you, you know, me a spot in heaven? I said, I sure can. I can guarantee you a spot. But I waited till the other guys left, and I know he was somewhat joking around, but somewhat reaching out. And I said, Well, you're serious. I won't say his name. Were you serious about what you said uh, there? Well, yeah, if you can, you know, say a prayer for me and, and guarantee me a spot. I said, Yeah, I can't say it for you, though, but I can say it with you. But you have to invite Jesus into your heart. Romans 10 verse 9 says, if you believe in your heart, confess with you. You need to take command over that thing. I can't take command for you. There's only one way to the Father, and that's through the Son. His name is Jesus. 
Oh, please pray for my neighbor. Because I went home later and I shared testimony. My heart was so heavy and he was this close. This close. You know, I'm going to tell you something because it, it came up and it, this is, this is um, God speaking through me in, in a time. And you guys probably get this. Sometimes people have been through so much where they've seen so much. They can call out anything. They can call out other people's wrongs. And they can do the, the blame game. And we do it ourselves, right? We make excuses and all these things. But he shared with me, he said, you know, this gentleman was a cop for many years. And he says, there's other pastors that would come in. And one was even a cop and had become a pastor and shared his testimony. And he said, you know, but then somebody spoke up in the room and said, well, I guess God really took a break during the Holocaust. You know? And I said, and, and then he said, I know that sounds tough, but I think about that, you know, a lot. And he says, like, yeah, if he's, you know, a good God, then, then why do these things happen? And I said, you know what, you'll probably get this. I said, you know, you know there's good guys, and there's bad guys. And first of all, the Bible says that nobody is good, only God is good, Okay. But how many times do people want to blame other people for the wrong things? Why are people so quick to blame God when it's the devil? Because everything good comes from God. And that's like wrongfully accusing somebody. You'd understand if he's on the, on the stand. Well, you know, it's, it's this guy. That would be like you, sir. And everybody blaming you because you didn't show up. And you weren't there to save everybody by every stupid mistake that they would ever do. But you know what God did? He sent his son, and his name is Jesus. And if you choose to believe and receive, then you will be saved. But we still live in a fallen world full of sin. And we still have choice. So why are people blaming God for the things that the devil is doing? If you are an eyewitness, you know who did it and who didn't do it. So I want you to know right now, God didn't do those bad things. And he created us to be his hands and his feet and to represent him in this world. So I don't know if that speaks to anybody, but it was not in my notes. And I, I think that's going to set somebody up because someone's going to about to have a conversation here pretty soon. And I'll tell you too, even in my conversations, I have never convinced anybody or led anybody to the Lord by debating with them. Never. All you can do, man, is share your testimony. Why do you believe? What's the evidence of faith in your life? Because if faith is the evidence of things hoped for yet not seen, what are those things that you hope for and believe for? And out of faith, you moved and you watched God move in your life and the life of your friends. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, so authority. Authority. What was the last point I gave about authority? Command it. Command authority. It's one thing to call it out. It's another thing to take command over it. We are men under authority, and we are men with authority. You have authority. Authority is given to you through God's word. Go, come, do. When under the right authority and given the power to exercise that authority, look out, gentlemen. You know, power only works when it's connected to the right source. 
Are you with me? Power only works when it's connected to the right source. You can flex all day long. If you don't know how to use, I mean, there's some guys, they look so tough until you watch them get into a fight and hit the ground, just like Goliath. Power only works when it's connected to the right source. If you don't know the purpose of it, you will abuse it. We have the authority to give direction and current towards what needs to be changed and what needs to be charged. That's good. It's not in your notes. You have the authority and the power to give current in your life to what needs to be changed and what needs to be charged through Christ. You have the, say, say I have the authority. I have the authority to change. Mm. There you go. Verse 13. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go! Let it be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that moment. Go. Let it be done just as you believed it would. You believe what you become, man. What you believe is what you become. Yes, from out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And as a man thinks in his heart, so is he, or so he becomes. You believe what you become. Again, it's faith in action that allows our words to make a way. Oh, don't just tell me, show me. If you believe it so much, then do it. Make moves. Anyway, we'll never experience the right way, though, without the way. We'll never experience the right way. You can go all day long doing things, but you'll never do it the right way without the way. John 14, 5 to 6, Thomas said to Jesus, Lord, we don't know where we are going. Sounds like some of us. So how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. What way will you go? God's way. It sounds so simple, but how many of us really earnestly say that we seek first the kingdom of God in all things? Every day, every way. So three, the next thing is we need to cast it out. It says in verse 16, When evening came, many who were demon-possessed and were brought to him, he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick. Cast it out. Say, cast it out. Boom. I think we can agree that we've all been guilty as men of casting out our own nets and catching things, let's be honest, that aren't always healthy and that come in that are unclean. Would you agree? It's time to sift through some of our catch, men. It's time to sift through and throw back anything that is not furthering us and causing us to falter. It's time to sift through and get it out. Cast it back out into the water. You know, maybe that wasn't your intention when you cast it out that night. You had great intention for your family. Great intention for your business. Great intention for, you fill in the blank, your health. 
But when you threw that net out and you brought it in, some other things came. Sorry, I'm not shaking my hand at you, Derek. Some other things came with it. Some other things got caught in the net. But a good fisherman doesn't just take the whole catch in, right? He sifts through it. It's like, well, I threw it out with, I said, I casted it out with the word of God. Yeah, but you also caught some things that weren't godly. And you thought because you went to church on Sunday or men's group or read your Bible that it must be a good thing, but it's not a God thing. Right? You got to sift through it. Some things have been caught in your net for so long, and you thought, well, I showed it was Sunday when I did it. It was this when I did it. And we justify our catch, even the ungodly stuff that we got in our life, where it's time we just need to cast it out. We need to take authority over it. You're still with me? Awesome. Thanks, Derek. So it's time to drive out what's been deterring us or causing us to detour. We got to drive it out. It's only through speaking God's word the right way that we will conquer the day. Okay? Verse 26, he replied, Oh, you have little faith. Why are you so afraid? Then he got up. He rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. He didn't rebuke the disciples. Remember who you're fighting sometimes, man. Remember what and who you rebuke. We are not at war against flesh and blood, but we are at war against principalities. I think sometimes something happens, and, and, and you know, for us that are parents, we rebuke our kids, not in the godly way, but when we should rebuke the spirit of that thing they're dealing with and say, you know what, you're not a bad kid. You're a good son of the Most High King. You just need to make good choices. You're good. Right? We need to call it out, and we need to cast it out. Oh, you little faith. Then he rebuked the wind, rebuked the, I rebuke, when we pray together as men on Tuesday morning, uh, 5.30, do we not rebuke the devourer? Do we not rebuke the deceiver who's trying to come over our kids, trying to put relationships that are not godly in their lives? We rebuke it. We rebuke it. We rebuke those spirits that would try to hinder them or cause them to falter. We rebuke it. Biblically, the word means correction, chastisement. Uh, it means uh, to strongly warn and restrain. That one hit me. Restrain. There's a, there's a portion of scripture that says, uh, fathers, don't, don't provoke your children. Sometimes we need to restrain ourselves, restrain our own words. And this one that God keeps bringing up to me again and again and again. Just because it's right doesn't mean that you have to say it. There's a time and there's a way. But I'm right. No, you're not wrong. But it's how you said it and when you said it. And maybe God didn't tell you to speak that over her, over the one you love the most right now in that way. Yeah, you're right. But you don't have to say it. You know, he's already beaten up really bad right now. He doesn't need, he needs more uh, uh, grace, sorry. The truth will come. 
but he needs the grace first so he can receive the truth. Are you with me, man? I'm not saying just give grace and don't give truth, but you know, truth also comes with love. Speak truth in love, and people aren't going to receive it unless they can receive the grace and the love of Christ first. Before you put throw truth in people's face all the time, well, it's truth, well, it's truth. Yeah, it is, but how well are you going to receive that truth? It's grace and truth, right? The takeaway I have for you men is rebuke the wind and the waves with God's word and do it his way. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you how it reveals things that are in our heart, things that are in our spirit, things that we're going through, how it brings forth the good and it also brings forth the fish that we need to throw out the things that we caught in our net that aren't of you, Lord, and we cast them out in your name. We thank you for revealing these things to us, giving us the boldness, Lord, to deal with us first. Deal with us. Search us, O Lord. Search our hearts, O Lord. We give you permission. Teach us to become better fishers of men. Search us, O Lord. We praise you. We glorify you for your word today. And if anything was said that was not of you, we just ask it to drop dead. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for tuning in today and thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry. If you would like to find out more about how you can partner with us, visit our website at www.wherepeoplematter.church and click the giving link. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends. See you next time.